What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 122 of the Noise Podcast, brought to you by Noise.co.uk and sponsored uh, by Stereo Brain Records. I'm your host, slash your boy, uh, Chris Pugh, and you will see uh, my compatriot has returned visually, uh, Mr. Samuel Lewis, the cynical one himself. Um, how are we, mate? It's great to see you again. It's nice to be back. It's nice to be back. I imagine our ratings are going to slump immediately once again as, as the spike from last week. Uh, try not to be insulted, but um, overall, I'm well, man. It's good to be uh, good to be back visually and uh, auditorially um, back to the podcast. At the very least, you, you're flashing some great drip. That Jordan merch <laughs> that you picked up, that Jordan, that Jordan uh, long sleeve that you picked up from Chicago. I remember being with you. With, was I there when you was? Was that from the Bulls shop? Uh, yes, yeah, you were. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's hard to remember because I spent I spent that 45 minutes whizzing around the shop as if it was like. Last day of term, yeah. So and I remember, I, I remember, I was staring at a, jo- a Jordan jersey for a while. I was like two hundred ninety dollars. That I can't. Yeah, I, I couldn't even. I, I couldn't even justify it to myself. I was like, that's like three days here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, I can't. I'll be done. Yeah, I, I'd want to see he he the sweat rings from him doing his whenever he played on the. On, I hope I fucking turned into him the moment I put that shirt on. <laughs> Two hundred ninety dollars, like nah, I miss me with that. Yeah, um, we we are a metal podcast. Uh, we come to you at least once. Fortnite uh, with a record that we find particularly interesting, as you can see from today's title. Uh, we're going to be talking about a new Dawn Raid record, uh, To Know the Light. Uh, Dawn Raid, if you're not familiar, uh, black slash folk metal kind of anarchist band uh, from Liverpool. To Know the Light is the third full length album and the follow up to 2019's Behold Sedition Playing Song, and it's out on March 24th via Prosthetic Records. And some the reason why uh, I selected Dawn Raid for us to review. Someone I thought, oh, interesting. I'd like to talk about Dawn Raid, and not just because they are they are getting some kind of heat and recognition in British alternative music, but also kind of exciting when we're going to review an album that's different that we haven't reviewed something of its like either for a while or ever. So, in, in that sense, there is um, there is a sense of uniqueness to this record, isn't there? Like yes. the, Dawn Raid, that there is there is a level of you know, if you play this if you play this to someone without saying yeah it's a black metal folk album it's hard to actually describe what it sounds like because black metal and folk does sound like something of an oxymoron mm-hmm. uh, but I I feel like and I'm not sure how you feel about this I feel like it's performed well I, I actually really enjoy this record uh, what's your snapshot feeling on yeah, to I, think, Light? I think I think as a combination it's incredibly interesting to listen to and it and it. It does a lot for the listener as a um as an interesting test case into the juxtaposition of of those two genres, and it's an odd pairing at first, but it's one that when you think about it, actually kind of makes sense because there's a blurred line between traditional folk music and sort of medieval music, and medieval music is often used as a foil for black metal, so it's kind of just like one step down the road. From like yeah. a musical partnership, you know, listen to a lot of black metal black metal records, and the combination of sort of traditional dark minor medieval style chords used as a way to distract and take pressure away from the song to then lead back into your more traditional black metal tropes is fairly common. Um, so to hear a folk iteration of that does not feel like a complete removal from traditional black metal styles, but is enough of a tweak for it to feel unique within its own right. 
I mean, there's parts of this album, literally, that could play at Temple Bar in Dublin. And there's parts of this album that they could play in Left Hand Path's Death Metal Bar in uh, in Copenhagen, which we should be experiencing uh, in three weeks' time. Which I think is a which I think is a really cool thing, and and I I really really enjoyed this experience. I I enjoyed it less, um, but <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't disagree that the um, the combination. Uh, works with the band and offers a, a, a unique pathway to sort of appealing to its listeners. I will say that where I think this album shines is where the the weight I think is actually geared more towards the folk side than the black metal side. I felt that um, maybe may, maybe it sort of reflects my particular relationship with black metal, but I, I felt like I would have liked to have heard more variations. I actually more variations of black metal than I heard variations of folk music I actually felt like when they used the folk element of it the acoustic element there was a little bit more songwriting um how to describe this the the the, the, the song construction felt a little bit deeper and more varied and more interesting in that sense whereas I felt that the black metal tropes that were used were essentially the same ones um now an average listener of black metal might remind me that actually Sam that's what great black metal sounds like and if that's and that, that's absolutely fine I'm a self-confessed Per, um, person in the sense that I'm not a huge black metal fan, but I'd like to have seen a little bit more variety in the metal areas of this this album. In in contrast, whereas I thought the folk element was actually really really interesting. If you if you look over, I'll give you an example on Sepulcher. Open brackets, don't vote. Close brackets. Well, uh, well, I think that's the best black metal song on the album. I do Sepulcher. Yeah, I agree, but it's be- I think it's because of the folk metal uh, folk element that gives it an additional um sort of sort of expands the palette a little bit. When these songs are just black metal numbers, like the opening of this record, Battle of um, Battle of Sudden Flame and Ancient Light, it feels like they're just rotating between two main ideas. And rather than them blending together, it's here's the black metal bit, here's the folk bit, here's the black metal bit, here's the folk bit. And it's it doesn't feel blended at all. Whereas further on down the album Songs like Freedom and Retrograde and Wildfire and the concluding song Go As Free Companions, those three I feel are where that blend actually works because it's it's black metal that features some elements of folk while the black metal stuff is happening. And then the folk with a little bit of black metal sort of blended together. Whereas when the album just sort of flits between the two like a tennis match like it does in the opening, I find myself enjoying it a little bit less. Where do you sit with that? Well, my for me, I, I wanted to specifically speak about Go as Free Companions. And usually we don't really talk about single tracks, uh, because obviously people listening to this review could they're pro, if they're a fan of Dawn Ray, they've already heard it. But I think Go as Free Companions is is I'm I'm, I'm gonna use the adjective, Sam. It's a beautiful listen, I think. Yeah, I would agree. I, I just I, would agree. I kind of I kind of sat I kind of sat there with Go as Free. I listened to it once and I was like, I'm gonna listen to that again and just really sit with this and sink into it. Um it's got this like it's legitimately moving. Go as free companions that they fluctuates tempo, aggression, and heart into this six minutes of like unpredictability, love, passion, fight. Uh, pretty stunning stuff, I've got to say. Now, when you mentioned earlier about the idea of the tennis match between folk metal and and black metal not massively working for you, I do understand where you're coming from, and I think freedom in retrograde though. I think. <sighs> The 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 folk the folk metal that they use it's a really nice conduit 
for their message though. And I think it works because they're they're like this anarchistic band that talk about like the idea of fighting back against our oppressors. And because folk uh, is such a I don't know. Um, melodramatic's not the quite not the right word, but for, I, I don't think I've ever heard a folk song that's ever that I've noticed addressing anything other than the idea of love or passion or general enjoyment of a subject. And I think it's really cool that they use folk uh, as actually an aggressor, and it's it's intelligent. And I think it's a really nice conduit. And when that black metal then appears from this conduit of uh, you know uh, the juxtaposition of usually pleasurable sounds of folk un- with underlying tones of uh, aggression and fight i think it actually works really really well um and and i in particular things like in the shadow of the past which is your more um out and out black metal song really raking vocals that anchor the slow tempo of the guitar build i think both of those elements really work yeah i, I understand what you're trying to say actually i i I like I like you know, the ju- sort of juxtaposition of the of the negativity of the lyrics and, and and the folk styles. It's it's almost reminiscent of the more political folk movement in that sense that we sort of got in the in the nineteen sixties through Bob Dylan and John Baez and stuff like that. Um, but obviously with this Northern Irish twinge um, twang that sort of infects some of their their songs and obviously sort of explains a little bit of the decision making when it comes to the music pathways sort of overlapping there. Um, I agree. I, I really enjoyed that final track, Go As Free Companions. I think it was the highlight of the album, but that, that's that, that's almost the point. I felt that there weren't many songs on the album that replicated the kind of thing that that, that song was doing. Um, in, the, in, the, in the sense that I did feel a little empty from some of the earlier tracks. And when I got to that, I was like, where was this earlier? Where where was this throughout the rest of the album? That felt a little bit disappointing to me. Um, like by the point by the point that I got to Inferno, it felt that the songs were following a very similar blueprint with a quick open clean, straight into the blast beats, straight into a chorus, back into the blast beats, and then the then the open melody returns to sort of like tie this little circular narrative together at the end. And I felt that that worked a couple of times, but I felt that repeating that um repeating that structure over and over again did actually did the album's creativity a disservice. Um, whereas I thought later on. It actually seemed to grow into its own. Um, like, for example, I'll talk again about Freedom in Retrograde. I thought those the, the mix here with the this is where I enjoyed it. The conclusion of this, because it had the, the acoustic intro and then it had the black metal section. But at the at the end, it had, oh, let's do let's do some stuff with some guitars and some real drums and some real pace, but then mix it in with piano and violin and a circular melody as well. And that added a sense of depth. Um to the point that when I went back to the other areas, that in contrast felt a little bit empty. I I don't mind the mix at all. I would just prefer that it was an actual mix, an actual blend, um, something that shows the cocktail of the band here, because I think that's where the band are at their best on this album. I think it's an, in, an incredibly interesting listen. And if you're a black metal fan, I've got to assume that this is a warm, refreshing moment for you as a black metal fan, because... Well, like we talked about before, we talked about this with hardcore bands, with metalcore bands, with death metal bands. Really, the list can go on and on and on. Thrash metal, most significantly, where it doesn't—you don't have to reinvent the wheel necessarily to become successful at this genre. But if you're going to repeat exactly the same motions as previously successful artists, you're never going to match up. Like, if you're going to just do black metal, are you ever going to get better than Alpeth? Probably not. 
it's probably already at least a progressive black metal people might pick hairs whatever but there's black metal stylings on those on those famous Alpeth records <laughs> same with Cradle of Filth and same with some of the others like bands like Entombed and all that sort of rest of it anyway the point that I'm trying to make is that where you take the genre forward is not completely reinventing the wheel but inserting different ingredients into the melting pot a little bit and taking it one step forward and I like the fact that the band actually did that because I've got to imagine that we're running out of black metal albums that are great that repeat the things that made previous black metal albums great in the same way that we talk about thrash and metalcore. You've got to move the boat out just a little bit. And I feel that at the very least, even though black metal is not my favourite genre in the world and folk music is, is not my favourite genre in the world either, I like the blend here and I like what the band are trying to do. And I think there's some significant progress being made here in terms of what they're trying to do for themselves and by extension the genre that they sit within. Well, you mentioned the idea of the album following a, a similar blueprint throughout. And I, and I actually, I also picked up on that, but what I liked about it is yes, it does follow this blueprint, but the blueprint is just slightly shifted uh, per track. Like most songs uses the opening riff as a motif throughout, but because the opening riff is, is manipulated in different ways for different songs. Uh, for me, it didn't be- that didn't become cumbersome or tiresome. Um, you mentioned the battle of sudden flame. That's got that classic black metal opening. The atmospheric trio of blast speeds and rasping vocals, but it's got a really nice guitar tone. Uh, it's got a really beautiful uh, tempo and instrumental change in middle eight. And then they use that intro guitar as the motif behind a gang vocal chant to bring it out. And that song, The Battle of Sudden Flame, that idea is kind of repeated throughout. But then the opening is in, is in possibly different octave or the instrumental is uh, perhaps of a different length or perhaps of a different like tonality. And because of that, I, I still, it still maintained my interest uh, throughout. Um, you mentioned like Inferno. Um, I kind of liked Inferno's more oppressed atmospheric opening. Uh, I think the album's really good at creating, uh, I'll put in inverted commas, anticipation in a sense i think those are the three opening tracks battle of sun flame ancient light and inferno inferno all explode out of the gates all using atmospheric middle eight all return to the opening riff as a motif but as i mentioned it brings its own unique style to each element and it's got a really nice uh pulsating aggressive end to the song um what did you think of the spoken word tracks as i was listening to them i thought sam's gonna hate these uh, what did you think of them <laughs> I didn't hate them. Like Cruel Optimisms, for example. I thought Sam's going Sam's to find this really, really frustrating. Uh, just from just from how I know you. Uh, how did you find like, the likes of Cruel no, Optimisms? No, no, it was, it, was, it was okay because it actually worked in the context of what, they're, what they were trying to do. The, yeah, the, yeah. So, like, I, I don't like spoken word intros when it just seems to be, like, tokenistic or it just sort of, um, oh, let's, find, let's just find a way of making it seem like we've, we've got depth. And like real emotional, let's just say our lyrics instead. And the lyrics are always really bad, and it's emphasised by the spoken word uh, decision. Whereas this, um, nice open dystopian violin. This feels like um, in ten years, I'm going to see this on a TV episode. Um, yeah. In, in the back, in the backdrop of like a dramatic moment, it felt like a bit uh, like something out of Game of Thrones or Vikings or one of those kind of. Um, medieval type shows and it, it I mean that as a compliment like it feels it feels really cinematic and when that is put there the backdrop combination of that with um, the spoken word stuff really makes a lot of sense because it kind of 
fits the dramatic film score feel to that particular song. Um, yes, it's when you type when you put it in a different sort of section that it really missed me with that. But uh, this particular element actually really works, um, and it it helped. I think I, I same with like the Shadow of the Past, the following song. I really like the intro. The album seems to get more progressive as it goes along at that point, and the country stuff there with the structure and the build up to that felt like vaguely uplifting. Um, and I thought that that, that, that element was a real breakthrough for the band. And actually as the album goes on, it seems that rather than two sort of distant cousins, by the end, they do feel more like real siblings sort of rotating with each other throughout the album. Just one final thing from me. Yeah. I think this, this album would be, would have some really great moments live. I think Freedom in Retrograde would be a great moment live. And then going, if they bleed, if they bled that straight into Go as Free Companions, that could be really, as you said, cinematic and a beautiful moment. Cruel yeah. Optimisms as well. I can imagine that gang vocal, that gang spoken word vocal being echoed out live in a small, intimate venue with maybe 100, 150 people there. Perhaps all singing, singing along as well. Because like I say, Dawn Raid's message of anarchism uh, and fighting the back against the oppressors. Obviously, it, it, it is quite easy to align to, especially from, you know, they're from Liverpool, from, you know, you work in class areas. They are going, they are naturally going to align and going to uh, going to really like, understand and feel fulfilment from that perspective. So I think that, like, this is a kind of album that would be, like, really brilliant live. And, uh, you know, off the top of my head, I can't remember, actually, if Dawn Raider had downloaded or Bloodstock. But if, if they were announced or if they are, I would specifically out of my way to try and catch them. Because I think this, this would feels be quite like a an experience band, live. Though. This feels like a yeah, yeah, band. yeah. If I had to guess, I'd imagine Bloodstock more than download uh, but the, I would I would specifically go out my way to try and catch it because I think this would be quite an experience live uh, I'm a big fan of this album and I really enjoyed it yeah I like it I, I like it a lot in, part, in parts too I think that it's got, it's got some real depth to it that it's it's definitely attempting and near the conclusion of this album I really feel that that blend actually pays off and I agree with you it's got some gravity live I can see where it's taking the genre moving forwards and I think it's it's not overall positive for this band if you're a black metal fan this is surely a great album to listen to. Felt a little bit like, um, as a side note, a little bit like early Paul Bearer, like a little bit like the yeah, yeah. area, the group vocal element, the the slow builds and the structures. Obviously, Paul Bearer, Paul Bearer, Paul Bearer, whatever, um, are a little bit more metal centered and they sort of veer towards more guitar led stuff. Whereas, obviously, um, these guys are sort of veering towards folk and things. So I just think that there's a there's clearly an audience here for that, and I think this is a good step for them. Uh, so that's where we're going to leave it for episode 122 uh, of the Noise Podcast. Um, to know the Light by Dawn Raid is out on March 24th uh, via Prosthetic Records. Um, me and Sam, uh, depending on uh, when you are on YouTube, we will also be releasing a, uh, a review of the new August Burns Red Rec- uh, a new August Burns Red Record uh, on the same day. So if you're an August Burns Red fan, uh, look on the channel and you should see release on the same day as this Dawn Raid review, uh, our, rev- uh, our then review of the new August Burns Red Record. Uh, dead below um to support us uh you can like slash subscribe depending on whichever service you are using we're available on apple Podcasts, uh, spotify youtube wherever you get your podcast we will be there um thank you so much for listening door rates now the light is out on march 24th via uh, prosthetic record uh for me great record go and listen to it um really like expansive beautiful black metal album 
with Falk Metal Tribes in there as well. Uh, we will be back uh, in at least two weeks' time, or actually next week, we'll be talking about the new Berry Tomorrow album, or if you're an August Burns Red fan, stay on the channel. Our review of Death Below will also be there. Uh, we will see you soon. Thank you for listening. Bye.